Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And when we look at these three woes, you may be wondering, well, where in the scripture here in Revelation do we speak of those, or where, what, what, what do they mean? The very first one is the one we're looking at this morning, Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. We'll see that. Though the storms may come, I am Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob begins part two of the trumpet judgments of God in Revelation chapter 9. The first four seals and trumpets presented judgments directed against the earth. In the first four seals, these were the four horsemen bringing tyranny, war, famine, and death on the earth. The first four trumpets also included the destruction of the vegetation, seas, fresh waters, and the sky. The last three trumpets will speak of hell in terms of the demonic forces. This will include the beginning of the three woes. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he continues our journey. Revelation chapter 9. We are well into the tribulation period, getting close to the midpoint of the tribulation, we believe. One of the things about the book of Revelation is regardless of who you talk to, and, 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 and there are a handful of really excellent Bible teachers, you know, men of God that are um, prayerful and really know the scriptures, and there are a handful that really uh, kind of stay in one camp, and, and there are other views of how this book is laid out, and um, we're, we're picking the futuristic view, which means that all the events in the book of Revelation are yet future to us. That seems like obvious to us, because that's what we've been, always been taught, and it makes the most sense. Um, and so, But there are, are other views out there concerning the organization of the book, and so I'm just going to be sharing with you what I believe to be true and, it, it, and what makes sense. And one of the rules of Bible interpretation is if the first sense makes sense, don't look for any other sense. If, the first, if you look at it and it makes sense, take it literally. Take the Bible literally unless there are reasons for you not to take it literally. And we're going to be looking at some of that stuff today because sometimes in the book of Revelation and other portions of the Bible, the, the, the author will give, make, have use of words like, as and it's like this and it, it it sounds like this and it you know and and there's a lot of similes and metaphors and you know those when you get to them it makes sense to you but otherwise take it very literally and if you do you'll find that it makes a lot more sense than if you try to spiritualize or allegorize the bible 
especially the book of Revelation. It's much clearer if you just read it the way it's supposed to be read, and you take it literally, except when it doesn't, um, when it's not supposed to be taken literally. And so we'll be looking at some of that today. And so we're well into the tribulation period. We've looked last week, if you remember, at the first. We went through the sealed judgments in chapter uh, 6. And we also, uh, last week, we looked at the first four trumpet judgments. And there seems to be this wave of, of judgments that God brings upon the earth at the time of the Great Tribulation when the church has been removed. And it's, remember, remember, it's a, a judgment of God upon the earth and upon those who have rejected his only means of salvation. And that may sound like a cold God to you, but actually it's a very loving God because he gives everything that you need. He gives you everything that you need to believe by faith. He's done it all, and you make the decision. But there are those that will make the decision not to trust in Christ. It's a very foolish decision. When you look at the Bible and all the things in it and all that God has done for us, it's very foolish to say, no, I've got this covered. I can take care of this. If you're one of those people, you're in very grave danger. You need to come to Christ. You need to repent of your sin. You need to turn away from that, that obstinate, cold heart that we all are susceptible of having. We must turn to Christ. You must, Jesus said to Nicodemus, a very religious man, Nicodemus, you must be born again. It's not an option. If you, you love God, Nicodemus, I know you do. I've seen your devotion, but your devotion is not going to get you to heaven. Your belief in me, however, Jesus said, will. Because what I'm going to accomplish on the cross, it's been foreshadowed and spoken of in the prophets of the past. All of that's coming to pass very soon. You put your trust in me and you will be among those who will be in heaven. And so it's important for us to do that. Important for us to do that. And Jesus said of this time that we're looking at that if he didn't return at the end of it, if he didn't cut it short, that nobody would survive this period of judgment that's coming. And judgment is is coming, folks. It's coming. It's the thing that we don't like to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about it. I'd much rather say it. there's pie in the sky and ice cream, and it's always going to be that way, starting right now. It's just going to be pie and ice cream from now on. I mean, that'd be great. But it's not. I don't make the rules. God makes the rules. It behooves us to listen to him, the author and the creator of all things. We are, like I said, we're in this uh, getting close to the midpoint of the tribulation period, a time uh, on the earth that is going to be horrible. And the passage that we're looking at this morning is going to be, the scene is going to be on earth. You'll rec- you remember, excuse me, that the book of Revelation is broken up into two different scenes, really. Uh, the heavenly scene and the earthly scene. And it goes back and forth between those scenes all throughout the book. There's things that happen in heaven. There are things that happen on earth. And it goes back and forth. And it's interesting that it happens 14 times, which is a multiple of seven which we know is a number of perfection. You'll notice that the book of Revelation is loaded with those kinds of things. And uh, God, is uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. And last Sunday, we looked at the first four trumpets. And these first four trumpet judgments that God was bringing upon the earth really uh, judged the earth itself, the, 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 the land itself, the vegetation, the seas, even the things in the heavens were judged. And now we get to this trumpet this fifth trumpet here in revelation 9 
And we still have three more trumpets, the fifth, sixth, and the seventh. And they're different because these now, these last three trumpet judgments, also called the three woes, are going to be specific against humanity, against the person themselves. It's going to be demonic oppression, demonic uh, oppression against people, and God is going to allow that. Again, it's, it's referred to these last four trumpets are the, the, the final three woes, and then we get into the, the bowl judgments, which are the final judgments. And I know it sounds a little weird, um, but before we get into this this morning, I want to bring to your attention a slide, and that is in Ephesians. Paul, writing to them, says this. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And that's a really good verse for us to remember today because what we're getting into in chapter 9 is really demonic activity flagrantly open on the earth. You think it's bad now. You think that the riots that we've seen with uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter and all of these things that are happening right now, you think it's bad now. Well, there's coming a time where demons will be on the earth in physical form and they will be attacking certain individuals. And this is horrific for us to consider. This sounds like a science fiction movie, certainly. But this is true. This is what's coming And it's not a good thing. I want to back up to chapter 8, verse 13, really quick. And it says, And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. So what this is referring to is what we know as the three woes. If you look you'll see that we we looked at the seven seals, and then upon the seventh seal, upon the opening of that, opened up a seven trumpet judgments. And the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet are also called three woes. And so we have the first and the second and the third woe, which are really the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet. And remember that at the end of that seventh woe, or that seventh trumpet, unleashes another set, a final set of seven judgments called the bull judgments or the vile judgments. And these will be the final judgments that will come upon the earth before Jesus Christ physically comes to the earth, before he physically comes to the earth. And when we look at these three woes, you may be wondering, well, where in the scripture here in Revelation do we speak of those or where, what, what, what do they mean? The very first one is the one we're looking at this morning, Revelation chapter 9 verses 1 through 11. We'll see that. And then the second woe will be Revelation chapter 9, verse 13, down through uh, chapter 11, verse 14. And then the third woe is something that's not explicitly stated like the other two, but they are nonetheless a uh, woes or judgments of God. And we can safely say, and we can't be dogmatic about this at all, but it's very possible that this third woe really begins at the seventh trumpet judgment, which we will look at in a couple of weeks, beginning in chapter 11, verse 15. 
And that third woe could go until the end of chapter 12, or it could be uh, to go on to, um, or, or be Revelation chapter 16, or even Revelation chapter 16 through 19. That may sound a little confusing to you, and it is only because the Bible doesn't tell us here exactly when that third woe ends. So I have to believe that after what happens in the second woe, everything afterward is probably the third woe, and it's all combined into one thing. And and it could be that those last seven bull judgments are the final woe, if you will, because it's going to be a hammer blow on the human race. It's going to be quick, and it's going to be devastating. And these are the ones where Jesus said if he didn't return, nobody would survive it. And so this is what we look at here, the... uh, you know, these three woes and what they represent. Let's look at Revelation chapter 9 and let's just uh, let's begin in it. It says, Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Now, notice that it says the star had fallen. It doesn't say that it's falling. John, when he saw this, didn't see the star falling himself. It, the star had already fell to the earth. And so we have to look at who, what this star is. Notice, it, it personifies it. So we know that this is not just some heavenly body like a, a meteor or a, a falling star, a, a rock from heaven. Because it says, and I saw, saw a star falling from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit, to the abuso, to the abyss. And so whoever this star is, is a person, it's a male, it's, it, there's some, it's a, 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 a being of some kind. And Isaiah, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. Now, Lucifer is also called the day star, and uh, this could actually be him. It's, uh, there's certainly scriptures that could corroborate this potentially being the person who is being cast out of heaven. We know that um, John, in, in, in Revelation chapter 12, as we will get there, it's one of those chapters that's really a summary chapter. What does it say in, in that chapter in Revelation 12? Let me just read you the verses 7 through 9. It says that war broke out in heaven, and Michael, who's the archangel, and his angels fought with the dragon, who we know as Satan. And the dragon and his angels, meaning the demons, they fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found in them from heaven any longer, for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And so it's very possible that this angel, this star, could be Satan himself. There's some other things that we can consider that would corroborate that. In Luke chapter 10, remember Jesus speaking. He said to them, to his disciples, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And so is it possible? I think it is possible. Not not completely sure if that is. And again, this is one of those things where we can't be dogmatic. We can't just put a stake in the ground. I love it when there are times like that. This is not one of them. You know, one of the hard things about... Um, being a student of the Bible, is there's going to come times when you read things that just aren't going to make complete sense to you. And remember, we're looking at things that are yet future to us after the church is removed. So when these things do occur, if we were to have, when they do occur, we're going to be able to look and say, oh, that's what that meant. <laughs> wow, I never even considered that. 
And it was probably more literal than what we think. It'll probably be more literal than what we think. So not sure if this is Satan. It doesn't really matter, I guess. But whoever this being is, he's going to open up the bottomless pit. Perhaps he will be a high-ranking demonic being. Maybe not Satan himself. Maybe. Don't really know. But based on this star, because this star is personified and is a male, and based on the two passages that we just looked at, it seems possible that it could be. It could be. Because in Revelation chapter 9, here at the bottom of the, of the chapter, we'll, we'll get there, it says that, that he, they had these, these beings that we're going to look at today, these demonic beings, they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. Now just because this being in verse 1, this star had the key to the bottomless pit, doesn't necessarily mean that he's the, the angel or the king over these people, or these demons. Does that make any sense? Just because you have a key to something doesn't mean you're the, the, uh, the king over these demonic beings that we're going to read about in chapter 9. So we really don't know. We really don't know. And see, that's a good way to read the Bible. Read it literally and look at it. And um, sometimes you can't come to conclusions. Sometimes you can. But notice, to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. This word is the, the abyssos, or we call it the abyss. This is some kind of, 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 of shaft, a, a channel in the earth. And it, it, it's in the earth, evidently. We just haven't discovered it, and it won't be discovered until this time. But there is evidently a shaft that goes right down to the center of the earth where is the abode of the dead, and certainly the abode of demons that God has put in judgment, in chains, reserving them for judgment. And I believe we're going to look at some passages today that what is happening in Revelation 9 here is the result of that. There were times when God spoke about he put certain angels in everlasting chains unto the judgment of the great day. We're going to be reading about it right now because I believe that that this is the time when God is going to allow those demonic beings to be released upon the earth which is something that nobody has seen before. We haven't experienced anything this like this before. It's going to be very, very interesting. And there's also interesting, I'm going to bring something up on the screen for you. In Revelation chapter 20, there's another passage that sounds very similar to this one in chapter 9, but they are completely two different people, and I think you'll be able to see why that is. In Revelation chapter 20, this is uh, during the time of uh, the millennial reign when Satan will be bound. But it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, an angel this time, not a star, but an angel, having the key to the bottomless pit, to the abyss, to the abuso, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of that dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan. And he bound him for a thousand years, and he cast him into the bottomless pit, the abuso, and shut him up and set a seal on him. And so this is at the very end, at the very end of the book of Revelation. He's going to put him in the bottomless pit, shut him up for a thousand years until the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. We'll look at that more. But does this being who is coming down from heaven with the chain, does that sound like Satan himself? It can't be because he's the one who is chaining Satan. Does that make sense? But it sounds very familiar to what we're reading about here, but in Revelation 9, it says that a star fell from heaven, and we don't know who he is, but he was given the key. 
which means that he doesn't have all authority. Some people give the devil too much credit. They think that he's got all this power. Believe me, apart from Christ, you and I are powerless against him. But God is all-powerful, and God is the one who gives the keys. Remember, Jesus said, I have the keys to death and hell. And so whoever this angel is, or this star, he gives him the keys and says, and I want you to go open that up, because there's a time, and it's right now, that they should be released to be upon the earth. Because that's what God had told us was going to happen. So what he's told us was going to happen. In fact, if you remember in Luke's Gospel that Jesus went across from the Galilee over to the east side of the, of the, of the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, and uh, we visit this place when we go to Israel, the, the Gadarenes, and there's tombs in the, in the sides of the mountains. You can see them there even today. It says that when they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee, and when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time, and he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice says, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. And notice Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because the man was possessed by a demon. So the demon is speaking to Jesus. And the demon says, we are legion because many demons had entered him. A legion is a thousand. So this man was completely marinated with demons. (laughs) And they begged him that he would not command them to go into the abyss. I bring that up because this is the abode of the devils, abode of the demons. And God has reserved this place For such a time as this. Verse 2, and it says, And he opened the bottomless pit, this angel, or this this star, this, this, this being. And smoke arose out of the air like the smoke of a great furnace. And so the sun and the air were darkened as the scorpions of the earth have power. Oh, I'm sorry, I I skipped over the verse, didn't I? As the pit like the, let's just start over again, shall we? Verse 2, verse 2, here we go. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. And then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth had power. Notice the word as. That's a simile, isn't it? So these aren't literal. He's trying to describe, John is trying to describe what he's seeing, these demonic beings that he's never seen before. They're either uh, spirits that have uh, possessed creatures, but more than likely these are just demonic creatures that we've never seen before. And now John is trying his best to describe what they are. And all he can do is use similes and metaphors, mainly similes. In fact, in this chapter, there are more similes than any other chapter in the Bible because it's such a weird sort of thing. This is like a trip. (laughs) To read this, to look at this. This is amazing. He says, They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Locusts are greatly feared uh, in the Middle East and the Near East and in Africa, and they can wipe out leaf and twig 
for hundreds and thousands of miles, square miles. They'll just ravage everything, and they'll descend upon the area in tens of millions and totally devastate food supplies. You recall, just not recently, uh, or recently, I'm sorry, in February of 2020, there was a locust plague in East Africa, in Somalia, in Kenya, in Ethiopia. It was... I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.